I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and as usual I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts Hodgie and Grey. Yeah, how are you lads? Hello. Doing well, how are you? Um, a lot better than Hodgie's probably been today. Been a little bit hungover, haven't you, lad? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a man who doesn't get hangovers. It's as soon as I've turned 30, just hangovers are now creeping in, which is yeah, not 30. a prospect I'm looking forward to. Welcome to my world. Great. You've started getting hangovers as soon as you start drinking. The minute anyone mentions beer, I get hungover, <laughs> I think. Do you remember when you drank so much beer, you became allergic to it? <laughs> I think I still am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> On that side, I hope. What were you up to yesterday, Hodge? I was playing some Aussie rules. Shout out Tiny Tears Tigers again, obviously. And then went drinking afterwards, got home, slammed a pizza, went to bed, woke up, and just been doing shit today, getting the chores done at the weekend. You know what it is. Splammed a pizza. I like it. I imagine there's a lot in between the start of drinking and getting home and splamming a pizza that we don't even need to know about, but I imagine oh, some uh, tomfoolery at Plea Lake. Baby Guinness. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a dangerous, dangerous world. Uh, fuck, what were they? Six quid in the pub down by me. Fucking oh, ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. 30 man. quid for five baby Guinness. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. Get them in quattro for like, how much, Hodge? Six for £12, I think. Fucking ridiculous. £2 each. Gray, what were you up to? You had some cancelled cricket, didn't you? Yeah, so we rocked up to South North and it just starts to chuck it down. So we're in the pub by half eleven, yep. which we we're all very grateful for. My day was just spent. In the cricket club drinking beers till about 8 o'clock. South then... North, would you have been in the Job Bullman? Joe Bullman, whatever they call it. No, we went back to, to Jasmine. Uh, which pub? Newcastle Cricket Club. Oh, you were drinking in the club? Yeah. Get them cheap pints in. Ben did exactly the same as Hodge, got home and slammed a pizza. Get in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, went to bed. I was in bed by about half nine, I think. Next Saturday, Saturday. 31 going on fucking 81. You're such an old codger, <laughs> you like. Oh, very nice. Very nice indeed. What have I got for you today as an opening question as I try and remember it? And he's remembered it. Hodgie, because Grey usually takes a fucking long. I'm going to go to you first. So just an opinion-based question. Who do you think, and it could be from any era, who, in your opinion, is the most underrated player to have ever played for Newcastle? Oh, in your opinion, <laughs> I imagine for the listeners at home, this, there'll be a lot of recency bias given that we're all 31, so it'll probably be within our lifetime. So most underrated player to have played for Newcastle. One that springs to mind straight away would probably be Jose Enrique, I'd say. I think he was a very, very solid left back. 
He was shite when he joined, though. Well, when he joined, he was shite, but then he got better and really worked himself. And obviously, that's where Liverpool swooped in and thought, aye, he's consistent enough, we'll have him. They got him for fairly cheap, didn't they, in the end? Yeah, didn't I think they? so, yeah. Because was, wasn't he close to the end of his contract or something like that? Maybe, yeah. Back in the and days think... when players would go for like seven million quid and you're like, oh, yeah. no, that's actually quite a lot. <laughs> How things have changed. Right, so Hodgie's gone for Jose Enrique, the Spanish bull. Uh, Gray, you've had enough time to deliberate and you're probably right, Hodge. It's probably a bit unfair. I could have given you a bit of pre-warning. But Gray, any players come to mind when you think of underrated? Quite a few. All right. Talk us through them. That's but, fine. Uh, I'm trying to pick one and not try to sound like an idiot. Right. That'll be very difficult <laughs> for you. It's really difficult, isn't it? What have you got so far? I think like? he's done that thing where he said, I've got a few just to stall it a little bit more. Oh, he's right, like, okay. Unfortunately, I spent too much time with Nick. Oh, God, oh, God. who is it going to be? Who is renowned uh, for saying that... I thought Alan Shearer was really... Kevin and Babu, <laughs> Ivan, Tony, <laughs> <laughs> all, all of these players who just shouldn't have let go. Right, I'll, I'll let you off the hook. You can co- We'll come back to you, fucking hell. I'll go with mine. Hodge, I'll give you one guess as to who you think mine's going to be. Probably. Modiabi. Oh, Modiabi. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say, yeah, Hodge didn't get it right, but Gray did there. Mohamed Diame, incredibly <laughs> underrated. Yeah. Uh, I thought going backwards, going forwards, scored some great goals. Yeah, I, I, I really rated him. Didn't we get him on a, a free as well? Was it Hull he came from? I think it was. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, because he was at West Ham for a while. I think he then went to Hull and he saw out his contract. I'm pretty sure he joined us on a free. Mm. And yeah, we definitely got uh, good value out of, out of Mohamed Diame. Yeah, definitely. And if you have any issues with that, you can email me at will at mohammediamefanclub.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> right, Gray, that's long enough. Who's your underrated player that comes to mind? It's really difficult, is it? I'm, I'm probably going to go for uh, a bloke we met in Leeds, actually, Vernon Anita. I think I mentioned him the other day on the Fiverr side, but I think he's just very versatile and just seemed to, even though for being a little man, keep hold of the ball and pass it reasonably well. I need to play right back, send it mid. Vernon Anita, Mohamed Diame, and Jose Enrique. Hodge, did you have a, you have a point on the Vernon Anita? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, so his hand goes straight <laughs> up there. <laughs> My uncle texted me the other day, shout out, Uncle Craig. <laughs> what is Gray thinking about mentioning Vernon Anita's name in a five-a-side team? <laughs> <laughs> I should have made more of a deal with that. I was going to say this time, then. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I'll I, I, I back your shout on that, to be fair, Gray. I think um, he was solid, wasn't he? he? He never really set the world alight, but he always did the right things at the right moments, I think. Isn't he a DJ now or something? Is he DJ Vernonita? <laughs> or he's a rapper or something? You might be a rapper, I don't know. I think he's doing music now anyway. Right, anyway, there you go. Maybe I will give you a bit more pre-warning. I might have to give Gray a few weeks' advance notice, though, to come up with something. <laughs> But there you go, underrated players. Right, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's been a while since we've just updated on what's going on. We've dropped some little bits in, but our last episode was our best ever Premier League five-a-side team, and the episode before that was our end-of-season awards Sure. So it's a while since we've just done a chat and shite episode. Quite a few bits going on. You never know what's true and what's not, but since kind of we last recorded the, the Sandro Tonali Signing was made official, which is great, circa £55 million. I've never known people try and undermine a signing more than they have the Sandro Tonali signing. It's been absolutely ridiculous. Pre-season's kicked off, so yesterday we beat Gateshead 3-2. A real barnstormer in the soaking wet. 
got a number of transfer rumours to talk about as well. But I guess if we go in kind of chronological order, there's been lots of hype surrounding the Sandro Tonali signing, hasn't there? Both negative and positive. Hodge, this is kind of a point that you'd put in the show notes beforehand, but lots of people talking about Sandro apparently being a miserable git. Have you seen all of this? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's cracked a proper smile since he left Italy. I've seen one photo where he's got a bit of a grin on when he's like sat coolly with sunglasses and on the steps up to the pitch at St. James's Park, which is the official launch photo for him. Apart from that, it's been him looking pretty miserable and complaining that the gym's not as big as uh, the one in AC Milan. <laughs> well, let's nip that one in the fucking bud. That's the press and all these fucking lad Bible and uni Bible ones trying to undermine the signing. Apparently oh, what right. he was saying was that the gym at Newcastle is actually bigger than the gym at Milan. And it's just ah. been taken by... This is what I mean, people trying to undermine the signing. First mm. of all, people got the, the fee wrong. They were saying he was costing £70 million and he was massively overpriced and, you know, there's all this shit. Then they jumped on that uh, and said that, you know, he's complaining about the size of the gym when he was actually doing the opposite. He was saying that our gym's bigger than the AC Milan gym, so let's try and nip that one on the bud and try and spread the good word to everyone that's listening here. But yeah, I just think there's been a lot of people trying to undermine it and really be super negative about the signing. Gray, what have been your thoughts on the hype or kind of the news surrounding the Tonali signing? I think it's it's a huge signing for us. And I think in terms of him not smiling, the bloke just is probably a bit like me and probably doesn't have a personality to crack a smile. So (laughs) (laughs) he also looks far too cool to try and smile. So yeah, there's a few things going on there. But I think he's also not really had much of a holiday and if I've not had a holiday I'm pretty miserable as well <laughs> so he just comes straight back from the under 21 to World Cup even though he's 23 so I'm still confused by that oh, but we went through this he's clearly quite excited you see a lot of his interactions with Bruno and things like that on Instagram saying like can't wait to get started and all this so actually I think he is up for it and people say he's not excited like there's videos going around of him and his partner going around the training ground and things like that and they're like they are smiling and kind of like pointing things out and just like it looks like it's a big improvement on probably what they're used to at Milan, which is a bit surprising, but probably good for us. Yeah, I'm just excited to see him on the pitch now, and he's probably going to be a few weeks away, but just looking forward to seeing what he's got and how he fits into the team and how the team will change once he's in, which it inevitably will, I think. Yeah, it cracks me up, man. And like, he just doesn't seem like a smiley bloke, which is fine. You don't want someone who's going to come and be smiley. You want them to be good at football. That's what you're paying all this money for. I'm just looking at a picture of him on Twitter now. I saw it a few weeks ago and it just reminded me, but there's a picture of him when AC Milan won the title in 21-22 season of him holding the trophy with the same kind of, I don't really give a fuck face. So if that's him winning a trophy for his boyhood club, AC Milan, and he's won the league and he's hardly cracking a smile, I think we're asking a lot for him to be beaming when he's arriving at Newcastle United. Maybe it's just who he is, Hodge. Maybe he's yeah, and I think, just to set the record straight, I think he's a class signing for us and I think he will do well. I think he's an absolute bag of talent. But if he's not smiling because he's not an emotional bloke anyway and he's just here to come and play football, then that's a sign of an absolute serial winner in my mind. He wants to get on with the football and prove why we've bought him and so we can, I suppose, prove how we're going to work and how the club's going to grow in the future. And if he's the first big signing as we kick on after getting Champions League football, then fucking more the merrier, man. More the merrier. Absolutely. He's definitely ingratiated himself quite a lot with the Newcastle fans as well. I mean, he announced it on Instagram. His first post when joining was like Sam Fender in the background. It was all these great shots of him at the stadium and the training ground. And 
you can tell he's really up for it. So all these myths, it's probably just jealousy from all these other clubs, isn't it? Like we've gone out and signed a huge talent, huge European talent for a big fee and no one else is doing anything. We've done our business early and people have got to have something to talk about, don't they? All these armchair football fans chatting shite, much like us. Lol. Um, but yeah, I think 55 million quid, probably going to play as an eight, probably alongside Joe Linton and just in front of Bruno, I imagine. Really looking forward to seeing what he's got. Gray, what are your thoughts on on the actual footballing aspect? I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, but now that it's confirmed, what are you looking forward to see Tonali do? Yeah, just before that, I'm actually really interested to see how he gets on compared to a very similar player who's just been sold to Arsenal for 105 billion. I mean, everyone knows that Declan Rice is a quality player, but Sandro Tonali seems to be a very similar player. So yeah, just excited to see what he's going to bring to the team. And we'd probably need a player like that. And if he's going to fit in alongside Joe Linton or even Willett and Bruno, then yeah, he's just going to be able to get us further up the pitch and possibly free someone like Bruno to be a bit more creative and inventive. But Tonali seems to bring a lot of that as well. A lot of people referenced him to like Gattuso and Perlo, haven't they? So if he's a combo of those two, then he's going to be a hell of a player and he's going to bring so much to the team. Yeah. And just to have another option of a flat forward penetrating ball will be huge for the likes of ASM, Midi, Isaac, Wilson to run onto, I think is just going to be hugely exciting. Definitely. I think he's definitely more on the Gattuso side than he is the Pirlo side. I think <laughs> I've done a lot of reading and watched a lot of videos. And I think the only reason people made the Pirlo link was because he had slightly longer hair and he was from the same region. I think it was quite a tenuous link, but more Gattuso-like in his play. So I think we're expecting a bit of a gladiator, but also one that's very good on a set piece as well. So it should give Kieran Trippier a bit of a rest on the odd set piece. So that's our confirmed business done. Also, we've had a couple of contract extensions. Hodgie, do you want to talk us through who is with us for yet another year? Loris Karius is going to be here for another year. I can't remember what we said. Did we say for him to leave in our loan keep sell? What was the crack on that? I can't remember. Yes. I think I said for him to go and get good football somewhere else, I think. Well, not, like, not, not saying that he was shit or anything, but I'm just saying for his own personal gain. I think we said he should go find football somewhere like Italy or somewhere mm. like that. But I think, yeah. To have him as a backup is not bad at all. So. I think he showed promise and that's probably why they've kept him because he's apparently very good in training and he's always been around the club and played his part, I suppose, in the cup final, although it didn't quite go his way, got a bit unlucky. But apart from that, whenever he has been called upon, he has he has done a good job. So, I mean, I'm fairly happy to keep him here. It's another good keeper. We've always had a good, a good string of keepers. So interesting to see the movements of people who are in or out at that point. Champions League experience as well. Well, it didn't go too well for him, but <laughs> but good to see him retained. And then good old stalwart Paul Dummett has got another contract out of Newcastle United. Always been a steady player, great as a, probably a backup, and I think it will probably utilise him in the Cups. I don't see him getting ahead of Dan Byrne or Target, personally, but he's been at the club for years and years and years, and I think to have someone who understands where we've come from to the point we are now is probably good to keep everyone grounded, so... Yeah, the, uh, I think there's, is there another one that's popped up recently? No, just, we've given three young lads professional contracts. Yes, we did, yeah, I, I can't remember it. what the names are, but yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. I don't know what you guys are thinking about those extensions, but I think they're a good little bit of business just to keep the, the squad size and the squad depth. Mm. Gray's got his little trotter up. Go on, Gray. 
Yeah, I think just on the Dummett thing, we mentioned it in our loan keep sell episode, but I think there's probably a bit of technicality behind why oh, his contract has been extended around the Champions League homegrown players. There it is. But like, like you say, uh, he's probably a good man to have around the dressing room and he gives it his all. He probably does it training and he'll probably just, yeah, good competition and we need it in that left back position if we don't sign anyone else there. Well, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? And it probably brings us nicely on to like rumours and where we still think we need to fill gaps because in my mind, left back is an absolute priority for us this summer. I know I've got Dan Byrne, who's done a very good job this season. And we've also got Matt Target, who is very able. I think it will be good if Target could find the form he had when he was on loan. I know he was kind of unlucky with injuries last season, but he either needs a chance and he needs to prove himself again, or, and my preference, we need to find a Champions League level left back to come in and do a job and stake a claim to what has typically been such a troublesome position for us. Like, if you look at the list of legendary left-backs for Newcastle United, I mean, Hodge is going to say Jose Enrique, but we don't really have the historical calibre in that one position, and I think it's one position that we've always struggled. But Hodge, go on, what are your thoughts on that kind of left-back position? Put you on the spot, who do you want? Yeah. Who do you prefer? But it comes on to another, like a bigger point, doesn't it? Like, are there actually any top class left backs out there at the minute? Or is it like left wing back? Like, the only one I can kind of think, and it's probably not realistic, but the one that's kind of available at the minute would be like Zhao Cancelo. Mm-hmm. He's obviously clearly not happy at Manchester City. He spent the back half of last season on loan at Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich don't want him. I think wage wise, he would cost an absolute arm and a leg. And he's probably not the right fit if he's not happy there and he's kicking up a fuss. Is he the kind of character that we want? Probably not. The other ones that have been rumoured have obviously been Hernandez from AC Milan. I think he's One of the Hernandez brothers. He's very, very good. And then you've also got DiMarco from Inter Milan. Yeah, We've obviously got quite a good scouting network in the Milan region. But yeah, I think Hernandez or Cancelo is probably the calibre that we're looking for as to whether they're realistic. I don't know. Have you got any thoughts all on of the above? Yeah, yeah, who would be good? <laughs> all of the above. There you go. I don't really know of anyone in the Premier League that I think we could poach or who would really want. I mean, I think we dodged a bullet with Renan Lodi at um, Forest because I think he's been pretty pony since he came in. There is Anton Robinson, is a left back at Fulham, uh, 25 year old. Oh, Anthony Robinson, the American lad. I think he's played 35 games for them last year and was fairly solid. I mean, they, they definitely overperformed, I think, like we did last season. So potentially someone to look for the future. I mean, he's not super young, he's 25, but I think the way that we're going now, we need to solidify it. And I think we probably should be looking to spend a good chunk of money to get someone who knows what they're doing rather than trying to give a a younger kid who's not so proven in the Premier League so far a go, personally. Yeah, I'm just looking at the minute. There was talk of Mark Kukurea as well. You know, there's this whole clearing the decks at Chelsea, trying to recoup a lot of this money that they've spent. I don't think he's the right fit. So. It's easy to say we need a good left back and it's easy to speculate on who we think is the right person, but ultimately probably have to, as we must do moving forward, we have got a trust in the process. The club have built a lot of trust with the fan base. They have a good nose for these players, but I think in essence, it's really an area that we need to strengthen and it's been a real chink in the armour. Don't you think, Gray? Yeah, I would just worry about going to some of these Champions League teams and having someone like Dan Byrne at left back. I think, yeah, we're up against world-class wingers. 
then yeah, you're just going to get turned inside out. And I think a lot of teams found him out towards the end of the season. But if I'm being honest, I think someone like Target is a bit more solid mm. and possibly we won't be as exposed down that side. But again, he's not going to offer us that threat going forward as much as possibly we'd like. But then we do have Harrison Ashby. Yeah, he's right back, isn't young he? Young lads at left back. So maybe we are thinking more of the future and then Burn and Target can fill it in the league. And then who knows, may reassess where we are in January. Having, I guess, and then I suppose we've got Jamal Lewis there as well, but I think his days are hopefully numbered. Get him gone. Don't even want to talk about him, man, honestly. <laughs> Fuck. I've got nothing against the lad, but he's just not up to scratch, is he? Like, he's been very unlucky with injury yet again, but he was never the quality and he never lived up to that hype. That's definitely an overhyped signing, I think, Jamal Lewis. So, Gray, you think we might be all right or would your preference be to kind of stick with it and stick with Target? I think so. If Target's going to stay fit, don't get me wrong, I still think it's the serious weak point in our current team. But if you do look at the players we have, I think we might be able to get away for the first half of the season, at least, and then look at where we are in January. But it is still top of my list for replacement. We're not short in numbers, but we are short of quality. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. As much as I'd love to see Big Dan Byrne against Vinicius Jr., um, I just don't think it's going <laughs> to sure. happen. Imagine. I almost want it to happen now. The other name that's kind of been flying about is Kieran Tierney. There's all this talk, kind of in inverted commas, that Eddie Howe has been a long-term admirer, but... It appears the guy is made of glass, Hodgie. I mean, what are your thoughts on Tierney? As a player, I think he's quality. But again, it's that injury risk. He's had quite a few big injuries, so his body's not going to be... Well, it's going to be more susceptible to, to getting those injuries again and, and maybe others. Who knows? I don't even know what the figure that we'll probably end up paying. He'll probably be about, what, 20, 25? I think that's what they've said. Maybe he's pushing towards 30 million. It's a big gamble, I think, in terms of his history. But at the same time, has always played to a good standard of football. So it's, is he worth that risk? I'm not sure. Mm. Let's watch this space on the left back front. If we stay on that left hand side, big talk at the minute obviously is Alain Saint-Maximin. Been lots of cryptic messages over the summer. Looks like, if I was a betting man, his days could be numbered. I did put an antagonistic tweet out there the other day that I could definitely see him heading off to one of the Saudi Arabian clubs this transfer window. Lo and behold, breaking news on TalkSport, so our very kind sponsors of this podcast were part of the TalkSport fan network, shout out TalkSport. I saw on their Twitter today that he's been linked with Al Ali, who I think, Hodge, you said were one of the clubs that the PIF own in Saudi. Uh, I believe, I think they've got four, I can't remember the name off the top of my head now, but it's, yeah. Highly likely, since there's only about like 12 teams anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> You could see it happening, couldn't you, ASM going there on a big wage? It's the way that they're doing it now. If we've got any kind of inkling that we do want to get rid of him, this is the time to get rid of him now because they're going to pay over the top money for him. And I think a European team could come in and maybe he's off a 30, 35 and would say yes, whereas these guys are paying way over the odds. I mean, they paid 40 million for Kante or something like that. So, mm. so like, why not try and snap the hand off and be a little bit greedy on that money front? We're, we're wanting to get the best players in. 50 million goes a long way nowadays. So, I mean, look to Nolly. 55 million like that's mm. if we can get someone in potentially like Harvey Barnes we've got on the list or like Kovacelia whatever his name is the Georgian mm. lad at Napoli then it helps that way I don't really want to see him go I think he's still got a part to play here but it's got to make financial sense to offload for really good money I feel indeed and then Gray we'll, we'll come to you on this one so in your mind and your opinion 
do you stick with ASM or do you cash in on him? Would you like to see him stay for a season and play in the Champions League with Newcastle or with the opportunities there, cash in for fairly big bucks? There is like one side of the fence, like cash in. Now is probably a great time to do it. We probably will get an inflated price for him. But at the same time, he was with us in those, should we call it the dark days, <laughs> the Bruce era, where he was that little glimmer of hope. A lot of that seems to have been forgotten. And I think that's a lot of the references to his Instagram posts and things like that. But he also has always said that he wants to play in the Champions League side. So I think he'd probably be against a move to Saudi at this moment because he's not had that opportunity in the Champions League yet. I think he will bring that excitement to the Champions League and teams will fear him a little bit because, I mean, it's just unknown. Like, I don't think he even knows what he's going to do with the ball, never mind uh, <laughs> anyone else. So, yeah, I'd, I'd personally, I'd be really excited to see him stay for another season and then look at where we are and if there is an option to improve and cash in on him next year, then go for it. But I, for me, he deserves that opportunity in the Champions League in a black and white shirt and I'd be excited to see it happen cheerleader effect during the Bruce era isn't it it's, it's good to look good when you're surrounded by a load of shade but yeah I think I'm probably more on your side Gray I think we need to be building on the squad that we've got now rather than swapping players in and out we need to be building the squad and adding quality in rather than getting shot of players but also you've got to consider what the players thoughts are he might not want to hang around he might not want to play second fiddle again but I also think we're quite blessed on that left-hand side at the minute. You've got people like Anthony Gordon, you've got ASM, you've got Joe Linton that can play up there, you've got Joe Willock that can also play up there. Admittedly out of position a little bit, but it's not really a weak area for us. I just think we'd like to bring in an added element of quality, and that would be probably for me in the shape of Harvey Barnes. Going to talk about Harvey Barnes a little bit. Obviously lots of rumours at the minute, but I think it's probably a good time to go for a little break. So, we shall see you in a minute. You sounded like such a radio DJ that. <laughs> Good. Been working on it. Hospital radio. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app, app participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. All right, we're back and we're back with Harvey Barnes. So yes, as we alluded to before the break, uh, lots of talk at the minute that we're interested in. For me, it's one that probably makes sense. I think he's a quality player and he would definitely add goals to our team from that left-hand side. Just looking at the stats quickly, so... If we compare him to someone like Alan Saint-Maximin, obviously didn't have the best season in the world last season, but ASM last season, the Prem played 25 games. He got one goal and he got five assists. Harvey Barnes, on the other hand, played 34 times, got 13 goals and one assist. So if we could add 12 goals to our team, 
that shows real improvement for me and that adds quality. Hodge, what are your thoughts on on Harvey Barnes? He's always been someone I've kept an eye on. I think he's got an amazing amount of pace, which is very dangerous in this league, especially when you're coming up against the teams that are further down the table. They don't have these kind of like really fast, exciting kind of players. And he is one of these. He's not like as as quick with a ball with as such as like Alan Maximum or Willick, I think, but just with his like sheer rate of work that he does and puts on the pitch, I think he's someone that we really should be maybe he's banking on and hoping that our kind of backroom staff can really push him on because I think he deserves a chance to be at a club that is in our position now. For him to move over to us would be really, really good. Yeah, very direct player, direct runner, and doesn't mind having a pop at goal, does he? Yeah, so I think, as I said, his goals would be absolutely vital for us. Gray, any thoughts on Harvey Barnes before we move on? Yeah, any player scoring 13 goals in a team that got relegated has to have some quality. So throwing him in a team with what I think personally is a lot better quality, then who knows what he'd bring. But any player scoring 13 goals from midfield or out wide would be very nice to have. I mean, maybe did it this year for us, didn't he? And got us in the Champions League, didn't it? Uh, yeah. So it'll be, again, an exciting player, very direct, what we like to see in a black and white shirt. So fingers crossed it does happen and strength and depth we always feel we're a bit short even though you say we're fault for choice on that left hand side I still think a couple of injuries and we are looking very short again but I also think he's quite versatile probably quite similar to sort of like Gordon who can play in multiple positions so it'll be another very strong player to add to the roster. In terms of his assists I think he said one assist but one assist in a poor team He's probably put mm. tons of balls in the box that just haven't been finished on a, on a team that was in a real poor runner form for the majority of the season as well. So can only go upwards with a kid, I think, if he joined us. And you know Eddie would get the best out of him. He's <laughs> the exact kind of player Eddie Howe would love to work with and really squeeze every ounce of talent out of. Just go back for a second. Obviously, Anthony Gordon, we talk about him on the left-hand side, but he was playing up front for the England under-21s. And obviously, congratulations to Anthony Gordon. We now have a, a Euro under-21 champion on our hands. Uh, so that's great news. But And player of the tournament. And player of the tournament. Let's not do him dirty. Yeah, good point, Gray. Uh, looks like he had a fantastic tournament. Scored a couple of vital goals in a team that did very well. And I don't think the England under-21 team conceded any goals throughout the entire tournament, which is hugely impressive. So congratulations to that entire team. But interesting one, isn't it? And a bit of an experiment. Anthony Gordon really being deployed as that sole striker or that shadow striker, that shadow nine in that team. And it's done him the world of good. And he's linked up really well with some of those players. Can you see us experimenting with that next season, Gray? I think so. And it's only something which Howe's mentioned a few times. And if you actually look at where Gordon's played for us, it's not very often actually been on that left-hand side. He's actually played more of that kind of inside forward, kind of attacking midfield kind of role. Mm. I think the last two or three games in the season, that's where he kind of found himself playing. So Howe certainly has said that he's tried him in a number of different positions in training and he's just looked very good in all of them. He seems to be the player who is very coachable and just loving his drive at the minute going away getting as fit as he can be recognizing he wasn't fit enough when he first joined which is possibly why he didn't find himself straight in the team but is clearly willing to put time and effort into working hard and probably studying for new positions same as Harvey Barnes were spoiled for choice out wide so why not try and utilize some of these quite dynamic quick players in 
other areas of the pitch and it just gives us another threat and teams probably won't know what to expect which is unlike a Newcastle team where mm. we are usually very predictable so being able to mix things up is is only a good thing. Indeed and we've got that proof point don't we so Anthony Gordon was played in the centre against Chelsea last game of the season and obviously bagged himself a goal so I think gives us a little bit of depth behind Isaac and Callum Wilson next season or certainly gives us a very viable and exciting option so not something I really knew he had to his game before this under-21s tournament, but uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I think, really, with a good pre-season under his belt, Gordon will come back firing and will be like a new signing for us this season. I think we've... Yeah, cliche. We're, I think we've, um, we've, we've hardly scratched the surface. When we're talking about depth on that left-hand side, obviously we've got Alexander Isaac, who can be deployed out there as well and can bag worldly assists. One thing I thought was really funny was Everton coming out and congratulating all the Everton players or ex-Everton players that had won the Euro the 21s and just forgot to mention player of the tournament, Anthony Gordon. Oh, so, yeah, so yeah, we can all enjoy a, a glass of Everton tears to, to, to <laughs> with our dinner this evening. Really, really salty, salty club, but fuck them. We've nicked probably the best talent they've produced in, in a long time. Um, other ones, so obviously we, we talked about it a little while ago, but uh, Musa Diaby, for Bayer Leverkusen sounds like Aston Villa are probably going to pip us to the signing but I don't know I've talked about this quite a lot on like our WhatsApp group and and in the background but when there's a vacuum or when there's silence on Newcastle Twitter around signings all these in the know accounts and Twitter accounts fill that vacuum of silence with just total fan-led rumours and it builds up this like snowball to the point where we almost convince ourselves that we are in for these players. So you don't know if we were ever actually in for Musa Diaby or whether it was one of these ones that was completely pushed by fans because we've got Nout else to talk about because the club's so good at doing their business and just getting it done quickly and under the radar. We've got to talk about something and it seems like they've picked up on Musa Diaby. Hodge, do you think that's maybe accurate or was there some truth to the rumours maybe last season? I think we definitely explored the option. I don't think they've completely overlooked him obviously I think last season he was a very good threat for Leverkusen and even the season before that he was performing very well so I mean <laughs> they've probably got a book as thick as a dictionary on players and coaching and staff and and everyone that they want to potentially bring into the club he'll be on there but silence like you say isn't necessarily a bad thing when it comes to our club because when they have been silent they've done really good business and I like how they're doing it they're not giving any other clubs a chance to kind of guzzump a little bit, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like you see Manu and Chelsea shouting about all over the news, like who they're going to be going in for and stuff. We're just literally calm, just below the surface, just ready to ready to pounce on people, which is the best way to do it. Don't give any of your kind of rivals half a chance at trying to poach somebody. Definitely. If he goes to Vena, fair enough, but I would I would also like to see him at the club. But I think the way that we're spending money and the way that we're looking at and or who we're potentially looking at, I know rumours are rumours, but there's some big transfer fees and I don't know if we'll be able to do three mm. of those big or four of those big transfer fees. I think it'll just be the what we've got our eyes kind of more firmly set on of who we potentially know who might come in. Yeah, and we've got the other element, which is all the messaging coming out of the club at the minute and Eddie Howe particularly, and especially after the Gateshead game yesterday in his post-match interviews, obviously saying, you know, we can't break the bank. We might have to make some moves to make this work from an FFP perspective. 
it seems like the club and Eddie Howe in particular are really trying to underplay the number of signings we're getting. And I feel that's probably because of the Newcastle tax. Um, and I think we're trying to underplay it and trying to say that we're really struggling, gets people off the scent and we can go away and kind of badger away and do our business in the background. Or is there an element of it where we have to now be looking seriously at FFP regulations, Gray, and, you know, what is it, the rules? It's something like 70%... Revenue has to be a wage, isn't it? The wages have got to be 70% of your revenue. So we've either got to massively step up our revenue, which it seems like the club are trying to do with the new chief commercial officer and the new chief financial officer coming in, or we've got to look to unload some of the dead wood. What are your thoughts on how trying to underplay that FFP or trying to underplay the signings at the minute? Yeah, I think... So it's like a fine balancing act, isn't it? There's kind of, it seems to be a bit of an art to it because if you come out to the media and say, oh, we're desperate for players, then all of a sudden that Newcastle tax, as you call it, comes into play and all of a sudden people think, oh, well, this is a club who are loaded so we can probably get an extra five, ten, if not even 15 million out of them. And yeah, I just think that's just poor form. And especially, I think a lot of the Premier League clubs look, to probably do that because I mean, we'll be selling to competition and yeah I think that's kind of fair to a certain extent but not fair where you look at the quality of players and the inflated price because they've already got Premier League experience but anyhow in particular knows that we probably need to strengthen in certain areas so yeah he's probably trying to play it cool he's got to be that kind of that voice for the club so if he's coming out panicking that we're not bringing players which managers have done previously, that's going to impact our current squad. There's a lot going on in what he's saying. And I mean, you could probably spend a whole episode talking about it and delving into the details of it. But yeah, there'll be people coming in. And I think the appointment of a CFO is huge. And he'll be very much looking at balancing the books, trying to ship out some of the dead weight, whether that means paying people just to get rid of them and buying them out of their contracts. So I think we'll start to see a bit more of that in the coming weeks mm. we've still got is it two or three weeks left of the transfer window yeah I've got a while now so I mean plenty of time so we'll see see what happens then like Hodge says we act so quickly and so quietly the minute something solid hits the press you know it's pretty legit I don't think there is a lot at the minute yeah possibly apart from Barnes indeed uh, another one as well Tino Livramento from Southampton who I think would be a very very good signing Again, was really unfortunate, I think, with an ACL injury last season. But that kind of younger understudy to Kieran Trippier, I think that one makes a lot of sense. But again, you don't know how much of that is actually just fan-led, although it seems to be coming from quite reputable sources. All the Northeast journalists were talking about it. The Keith Downies, the George Culkins, they were all talking about it. So that one seems legit as well. That would be quite exciting because Trippier is getting on now. Absolute legend, but I think he's 32 now, going on 33. He needs an understudy, he needs someone, we need some depth, especially now we're going to the Champions League at right back. We brought Harrison Ashby in. If we're looking at Tino Livramento from Southampton, does that maybe make you think that Harrison Ashby is a little bit further behind in his development than we thought he was going to be? Does he need a season on loan? Does he need to work a little harder in pre-season? I don't know. But that one seems to make a lot of sense and is, is quite exciting. So let's see if we can get that one done. In terms of other transfer rumours and stuff, obviously we've got all these right-sided centre-halves as possible backup to Fabian Scher, who is also getting on a little bit. There's a few names kicking about. Tosin Adorabayo from Fulham, 
that Anderson lad from Crystal Palace all seem to be good fits. Podgy, you'd been talking about Mark Guahy from Palace, Palace as well. Yeah. They bought him for quite a lot, I think, from Chelsea. I think he's probably a little bit too expensive for us. Are there any more names you've heard kicking about for that right centre-half position? Nothing that I would have thought would be as good as Mark Guahy. I think he's very, very solid. Quite an athletic bloke and would probably be kind of a bit of a mix between a couple of our players in terms of like physicality and strength and where he could fit in. So if like plugging that kind of hole, I think he would work really well. But it's like we said before, like who really knows with the club at the minute what we're going to do? We could spout all the rumours we wanted to, but whatever happens is probably going to be something so left field compared to what we think or what people are spouting. So but I've got full faith that if they do bring someone in, which I think they should probably look at exploring that centre-back kind of area as well, especially to get someone in a little bit younger and maybe not get them first team straight away, but get them to learn off the likes of Shaw and Botman and stuff like that would be an absolute goer. So I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, Mark Gay would be a great shout for me though. He would. And I think that Anderson, who plays alongside him, would also be very good. Joachim Anderson, that's it. Just someone who can ping a ball about, is confident on the ball and is a ball-playing centre-half, that's what we need. And we need someone who's probably going to be a longer-term partner for Sven Botman because, again, we can't really imagine Jamal Lascelles playing in the Champions League next season. One more that I was just going to put in there, I've just remembered his name. Is it De Sassi or something, the lad from Monaco? Oh, yeah, Axel De Sassi. Because I think Man United were trying to get a bit muscling on that as well, so... Maybe he could be someone that could be quite good, but I literally don't know much about him. I don't really follow the French football too much, so it goes over my head, that one. No, he looks like an absolute unit. Like, Let's watch this space. I think it almost definitely seems like a position that we're trying to strengthen going into this Champions League campaign. <laughs> That's kind of it, really. I mean, yesterday, Newcastle obviously won their first pre-season game against the mighty Heed, Gateshead, Mike Williamson's team. After going 2-0 down in the absolute pouring rain, looked like it could be an absolute joke, but I pay absolutely no attention to pre-season results whatsoever. I think there's lots of tactics at play, maybe trying to underplay how good you're going to be or underplay what position or formation you're going to play. It's a bit of an experimentation, but also kind of giving other clubs a sense or trying not to give them a sense of what you've got planned for the rest of the season. We did manage to come back, a goal and assist for Elliot Anderson, and then a winning goal from Jay Turner-Cook from the academy, assisted by Lewis Miley. So lots of young lads playing yesterday, which was good to see, and a goal and an assist for Elliot Anderson. As I say, is this going to be his breakthrough season, do you think, Gray? I really hope so. I think we saw snippets of him towards the end of the season when our hand was almost forced through injury, but... He's good local talent and again, just very direct and the type of player I think we'd, we'd love to see playing more. There's no doubt you'll get plenty of opportunity this year given the number of games we're going to have. So again, just personally excited to see how you'll fit into the team. Hodge, obviously, Anderson was obviously really unlucky last season and wrongly ruled out for his first goal for the club against Nottingham Forest, but looks like he's come back with a bit of a bang. In your mind, is it give him a chance and give him a crack in the first team or is it does he need some first team loan experience in the championship for example uh, interesting one though really in it because if he stays at the club realistically he's probably only going to be getting just a substitution appearance every now and again not too much minutes but we'll play him in yeah. the cups maybe a bit more frequently would he if he goes to a championship club if he performs poorly in the first three games he might not have 
the faith, whereas Howe can look back on times where he actually has played well for us and obviously knows him from training as well. So personally, I'd keep him and I think we could definitely shoehorn him in every now and again. I think he's got fantastic footwork. He's attacking minded, likes to go forward. He's not shy. I think a stay for him is is better for his football and probably us in the long run, especially if we want to give players confidence by getting cup games, but also having confidence in players to still do the job outside of kind of like the first team players. Yeah, I think it's key for us to to keep him and utilise him this time. Totally agree. Give him a bit more time this season, but also we've got to consider that the, the introduction of Tonali probably bumps him further down the order. So it's really whether he wants to go and get some guaranteed first team action as well. Final one, obviously another signing that's kind of gone under the radar a little bit for us, but Yankuba Minte, which just sounds like you're saying Minty in a Manka accent. We obviously signed him for about 7 million euros, this young kid from OB in Denmark and went immediately on loan to Feyenoord in the Netherlands. Got his first goal from a penalty in the preseason, which is interesting to see. Looks like an exciting talent, so we watch this space. In terms of what we've got coming up, Alan McGregor's testimonial next week. Interesting one. You've got a friend who supports Rangers, don't you, Hodge? Craig, yeah. And is he going to be going? I don't know if I'm going to be going or not, but... Uh... <laughs> Don't know. It's it's a funny one. Like I don't really give a, a shit like you about like preseason. It 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 really means lo- nothing. You can have a great great preseason and absolutely flop it. So I think just mo- moving forward, I'm just going to take every result as it comes and be like, yeah, cool. We've got to win. Still means fuck all. I'm not super excited about it <laughs> or anything like that, as you can probably tell. <laughs> mm. No, absolutely. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a big old bash, though. 50,000 people have completely sold out the stadium for, oh, for yeah. his testimonial. It looks like it'll be a, a huge one. So see how that goes. We've then got the inaugural Seller Cup. Obviously, our new front of shirt sponsor, Seller, playing Fiorentina and then Villarreal over the space of a weekend. I think that should be quite an exciting one to go to. You, should, you know, should try and get yourselves along to some of those games if you can, I reckon. It is expensive, though. Yeah. That's the only thing for preseason. How much is it? 30 quid a go. Per ticket? Yeah. Yeah. 55 for the two. Yep. That is dear, isn't it? But then again, Fiorentina and Villarreal, pretty big teams. I wouldn't mind that. Depends if they bring the players, though. <laughs> true. Again, true, if this true, is preseason, though, you're not going to see it full, full strength side, yeah. especially if you're playing back to back games in the reach end. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to see a mixed bag. Yeah, it'd be a good one. Anyway, we'll probably cover that in the next episode. There's loads more we could have talked about. And the US trip. The US trip yes, that they've US. got booked in as well. The US, that'll be an interesting one. That should be kicking off fairly soon as well. God, we'll have loads of pre-season action to come back to when we record again, but I'm off to Croatia for a week and a half, so fuck is all. I'll see you <laughs> when I'm back. <laughs> I think when we get back as well, it might be interesting to do a bit of a spotlight or a focus on the women's team. Obviously now they've become the first professional ladies team, and they've brought in a whole raft of new signings to back them up in their newly promoted league. So yeah, watch this space for the ladies' team. I think they're featuring on the Seller Cup weekend as well, aren't they? They're going to be yeah, playing a few are, yeah. games that weekend. Yeah, they so are Saturday. That'll be a big old weekend. That brings us up to speed, at least for the next two weeks. Fuck knows what we'll have to talk about next time we come back. <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to try and come back with a few more quizzes. We won't announce it yet, but we've got a new addition to the Talk of the Toon team to announce when we come back as well, which is very exciting. But that just about wraps us up. I didn't do the plugs this week, so lucky you's lot. We'll have to do a double effort next time. But thanks all very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. As usual, there's been a fucking total Ferrari.
Ferrari, is that the word? You know, I don't Ferrari. even know. Yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, I thought it was Ferrari. Let's go with a different word. I mean, if you, you, you talk about Italian, so Ferrari sounds yeah. about right, doesn't it? No, it sounds super Italian. Just sounds like you're saying Ferrari wrong. Yeah, Ferrari. <laughs> Trying to go for a drive in me Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.